Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Super excited to share with you something that I first was inspired by something I first saw on social media. And I'm really looking forward to hearing what you think of this, what it means to you, how you interpret it, and of course, what you choose to do with it, if anything. So this came across my feed randomly, not somebody I follow or anything. I don't remember if it was Facebook or Instagram from somebody called Juno Counseling. And this was back in July. And this is what this is what the post said that inspired this episode. Quote from Juno Counseling. When you're not used to being confident, confidence feels like arrogance. When you're used to being passive, assertiveness feels like aggression. When you're used to not getting your needs met, prioritizing yourself feels selfish. Your comfort zone is not a good benchmark. End quote. So just to kind of recap that. What it says is, if you're somebody who has been insecure all your life, then confidence can feel like arrogance because compared to your baseline of being insecure, it doesn't, it feels like it's excessive, right? Or if you've always been passive and you decide to be assertive, that to you might feel like aggression because your baseline is passive, Your comfort zone is not a good benchmark. And I've thought about this a lot. There's a a lot that I like about this. And not surprisingly, there's a lot that I would add to it. Because sometimes we see these things or we hear things that move us, inspire us, motivate us, challenge us. But then they just go to the idea graveyard, right? I mean, how many times does that happen that something sparks something in you for a moment, but it's just a moment and then it disappears and you never think about it again? I always try to, for myself, if it moves me, I want to get all the, the juice out of the fruit, you know? I would say be wary of using your comfort zone as a benchmark. Because sometimes it could be valuable to use your comfort zone as a benchmark. 
as an outsider looking in, if somebody had looked at my smaller Chick-fil-A order, which was one of the first moves I made in losing 130 pounds, they might see it as an unhealthy breakfast. They might see it as a breakfast not conducive to fat loss. They might see it as, you know, a problem, a bad choice. But compared to my baseline, it was progress. And it was producing results. Now, the tricky thing is when we use that baseline for too long or we use a baseline that we should never use. And we're going to dive into both of those things. But I couldn't forever have fast food for breakfast and expect to get to my goals. And I see a lot of people saying, well, it's better than I used to do. That only works for so long. We can't indefinitely use that rationale and expect to make progress. So it could be that for a short period of time, comparing to your baseline is indicative of progress. But if it exceeds a reasonable amount of time, a result-producing amount of time, if it's become the new comfort zone, it's not a good benchmark at all at all. Sometimes using a baseline is absolutely ineffective and should be avoided. For example, if you get into a relationship after an abusive one, saying, well, at least he doesn't hit me, even though he yells at you or ignores you or cheats on you, like not a good use of a baseline at all. Sometimes we think so automatically that we don't slow down enough to consider these things. What is my baseline? Is that a helpful thing to compare to or is it a harmful thing to compare to? Have I been comparing to it for too long? I was talking to somebody not long ago who was saying that working out is really hard. But they weren't aware of their baseline. And their baseline was that, you know, they're pretty much completely sedentary. And they maybe would go for a walk once a week or a couple times a month, but hadn't belonged to a gym in eons and hadn't had a consistent workout plan ever. Not a very helpful baseline because it's going to discourage you more than it's going to encourage you. Our perspectives are often distorted by our baseline, and that can really hold us back, especially when we don't realize that our perspective is distorted by our baseline. So for the person who binges daily, following a new way of eating could feel restrictive, but it's not necessarily true that it's restrictive. It's just that they have an extreme baseline, and they don't, they're not consciously aware that they're comparing to an extreme baseline. For all of us, our perspectives are influenced by our baseline. It could be our baseline communication patterns, could be our baseline way of eating, could be our baseline understanding of what wealth is, right? We've got to know what is my baseline and we've got to tap into this awareness of how is it adjusting 
my perspective? How is it influencing my perspective? Is it holding me back? Is it helpful? Should it be totally discarded? When I had Roman, I often felt discouraged in my work because I felt like I was hardly ever working. And at times that made me feel disappointed in myself. It made me feel like a failure in business until I realized my baseline was working seven days a week, 365 days a year, starting at 4 or 4.30 a.m. every single day. My perspective was distorted by my extreme baseline. And initially, I didn't realize that A, I had an extreme baseline, or B, it was really influencing my perspective. Some of the most common extreme baselines that I see in my clients that are distorting their perspectives and they usually don't know it are things like somebody who eats and snacks and grazes all day long. Then anything that doesn't give them the freedom to basically eat whatever whenever, whenever the urge strikes, that can seem extreme or restrictive. But what is extreme is their baseline. Same thing with with people who indulge every single day. That can make what other people might feel is normal or healthy or even indulgent, it might make it seem extreme compared to their extreme baseline. Somebody who binges regularly, that's an extreme baseline. Or watching several hours of TV. A lot of folks wouldn't initially say, oh, yeah, I don't, you know, I watch several hours of TV. They wouldn't, they wouldn't say that. But if they really did the math, like, okay, well, the TV goes on when you get home at 6 o'clock and the TV doesn't go off until you go to bed at 1130, y'all, that's a lot. That's an extreme baseline. Or spending hours, several hours a day on social media, working an excessive amount, not working a lot. I see this in people who are starting businesses. And their extreme baseline is on the the other side of the equation of what I shared from when I first had Roman. They're maybe working on it maybe an hour or two a week with a lot of weeks going by where they're not doing anything. That's an extreme baseline that distorts your perspective of what you can do or should do or could do or what you optimally want to do. Really poor communication is an extreme baseline. For some people, really amazing communication is an extreme baseline because it makes people who maybe have average communication seem like they have terrible communication. Well, no, I I experience this a lot when it comes to um, people I hire. Right now, I'm just thinking of it in terms of people that I've hired to work around my house. I over-communicate, like I'm going to be here at this time and then I'm there at this time. And even if I'm running 10 minutes late, you're going to know that I'm running 10 minutes late. And I I really value over-communication. And so oftentimes it seems like people that I hire to do something or work on my house have terrible communication. They probably don't have terrible communication. They probably have pretty average communication, but compared to my extreme baseline of not only being super, super punctual, being an over-communicator, if I'm not aware of my baseline, then I can get really easily aggravated by what's probably pretty normal, you know? 
we just got to slow down a little bit. I talk about this a lot in the consistency course. Instead of jumping to our first conclusion, our initial impression, how we naturally think about things, slow down and consider what's my baseline here. Because if we just roll with the first thought that pops into our mind, it's generally leading us down a really crappy path. Know your baseline. Know if it's working as a point of comparison or if it's holding you back using it as a point of comparison. This came up not long ago with my husband, Chris. He thinks our communication is fine. He thinks the fact that, let's see, when Roman was about 14 months old, Chris and I had only been out by ourselves without Roman three times in 14 months. And Chris felt like that was fine. But what was his baseline? And what was my baseline? And what's the ideal we want? Let's compare to the ideal we want instead of a baseline that doesn't reflect what we want, right? Because let's say that, let's say that at a different time in our relationship, we went out uh, by ourselves three times a week. Well, Comparing to that baseline is probably going to have us feeling like we're not doing enough for a long time. But what, what is the ideal that we want, the baseline we want to establish in this new season? And let's compare to that instead of, or, or maybe it's an expectation thing. Maybe his expectation was that we were, we were never going to go out again after having kids. Well, that's not a helpful baseline. And oftentimes we feel certain ways, not ever having considered what the expectation was. And sometimes we can just trade out that word expectation for baseline and see where the big problem is because it's not conscious and it's not communicated to whomever it needs to be communicated with, if anybody. So when we notice that something feels hard or feels unlikely or feels insufficient, what do I want to be comparing this to? Do I want to be comparing it to where I've been or do I want to be comparing it to where I'm going and what I want? I challenge people to do this a lot with with food. Instead of saying, well, I mean, I used to indulge like three or four times a day and now I'm, you know, indulging only once or twice a day. Well, what is it that you want? What is the ideal? Because that might be a much more helpful comparison than your baseline. If you want to be indulging only maybe once or twice a week, then let's use that as the point of comparison instead of just the fact that you're not at the place you don't want to be anymore. But this requires, as I said, that we think about our thinking, that we slow down instead of just rolling with that initial impulse, that initial impression, because your baseline might be a terrible point of comparison or a useless point of comparison. And you just haven't acknowledged it. But once you do, you're on the path to progress. You're on the path to progress. And it could very well be, as I said at the start of the episode, that comparing to a baseline is working for you right now. But know that too. So many of us are going through our days with patterns that just don't work. You know, oh, well, it's better than I used to do. 
you roll with that pattern of thought, but it's not working for you in that it's not moving you forward to where you want to be or who you want to be or how you want to be or what you want to be. So just slow down and say, is this working as a point of comparison? Do I know what my point of comparison is? Is that what I want it to be? Do I know where I'm trying to go and what the ideal is? And would it be more valuable to compare it to that? So, you know, Chris had this expectation that we just probably wouldn't go out solo with young kids. And I had the expectation that we would prioritize that at least, at least once a month. So then we have to come to, instead of just being like Chris thinking, hey, three times, at least we did it sometimes. Or me thinking, it's not good enough. Let's come together and establish, well, what do we want it to be? And let's compare to that instead of this thing that really doesn't help us progress. It's better than it used to be. I want to go back to that post because I think it's a really valuable thing to kind of plant in your mind as a seed and really spend some time with this idea. That's why I started the episode with like, what does this mean to you? How do you interpret it? How will you use it? Will you use it at all? It said, when you're not used to being confident, confidence feels like arrogance. When you're used to being passive, assertiveness can feel like aggression. When you're not used to getting your needs met, prioritizing yourself feels selfish. Your comfort zone is not a good benchmark. We could have a whole other conversation about the comfort zone. In fact, if you go to primalpotential.com and you search those words comfort zone, you'll probably find a bunch of episodes I've done before. But give that some thought for yourself. What does that even mean? Are you comparing to your comfort zone? Is it working for you? Would it work better to compare to your ideal? What, what have your expectations been? And do you need to get more clear on your expectations for yourself or for somebody else or for your results? Because I would genu- genu- generally agree that the comfort zone, not a good baseline. Maybe for a very, very short period of time along the path to progress, But a lot of folks are using it for way too long and using it in situations where it just doesn't work. Your comfort zone is not a good benchmark. Head over to the Primal Potential Facebook group. I'd love to hear what you think of this episode, how you interpret this episode, if there were examples that resonated with you more than others, and what, if anything, you're going to do with it. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.